Brandon Revenberg, uh, offensive lineman for Hamilton, and uh, Jason Lazon Sagan for uh, wait, 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 say, okay, wait, say that <laughs> I'm again. I'm not saying that again. I, I think it's Jason. We'll just cut. We're on a first name basis with him. We're just going to call him Jason. <laughs> From the Ottawa Red Blacks. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Curra. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. (laughs) It it, it really is. Just like bad wings are are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook And welcome to episode 59 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. And uh, wow, Fraser and Kura with you. We're getting to the end of the season. I can't believe we're already here. And with that, it means that the CFL Twitter awards are back. Yes, and if you haven't heard... As we've probably told you a lot, we are the reigning CFL Twitter Award champion. So I feel like this gives us, you know, some clout to, you know, make some rules maybe. You know, it's, 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 it's like when the champion has the belt and they say, no, 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 this is a this is a no-holds-bards match. So I choose when what? I have my rematch. Exactly. This is basically, you know, what we're doing right now in regards to that. So to me... I think if you're going to come and get the – but by the way, uh, we have been nominated by a couple of people for the CFL Twitter Awards. Uh, Nominations are released. Our voting begins next week. Just go to the CFL Twitter Awards Twitter. So to do – to nominate us, uh, their Twitter page is CFL T Awards. And if you want to nominate us, uh, follow the rules. They're going to hashtag fave podcast account. Uh, Tag us in it. Tag them in it. And we're we're nominated. And and we have been, but after going through some of the other nominees, I think I see some problems here, Travis. All right, let's hear it. Well, for one, the Eskimo Empire. Well, Andrew has made so many appearances on this podcast in my absence. I think like, any votes for the Eskimo Empire should actually count for us because Andrew basically works for us. <laughs> The Alouette's Flight Deck. That's a great pod. I've listened to it lots, but it kind of sounds like a Winnipeg Jets podcast, so that means they're disqualified because this is football, not hockey. Uh, The BC Lions Den. Lions are scary, so disqualified. Lions are terrifying. Like, who would go on a safari with no roof on that Jeep? I don't know, man. I I certainly wouldn't, and that's why I'm scared. So according to the champs, Lions Den, you're disqualified for being scary. Uh, Bleed Red Blacks, kind of in the same kind of thread here. Blood makes me queasy, so you're disqualified. (laughs) The Piffles Podcast. You've got all the big interviews and such, and you do a great job, but you always post that token microphone selfie, which disqualifies you because... (laughs) Come on. No selfies when recording your podcast. I actually have not taken one in the 59 episodes. I, I never take one. And, and you know what? You get to see the smiling, handsome, and beautiful faces of all the people at Piffles. But it's like the mic is like elbowing them in the eyeball. And it's like, okay, we get it. You have a microphone. You're recording. You get to do it in a cool studio and not your basement. So disqualified. There's another unnamed podcast that I don't think has been nominated, but 
<laughs> for good reason. That's because one of their hosts openly defends pedophiles and socialism every chance he gets, and that goes without saying, disqualified. <laughs> I'm glad this isn't a no disqualification match. Uh, no, it's an everybody's disqualified match. Like <laughs> Just like the, the CFL fantasy podcast, uh, you know, the one with the Rouge Radio Boys. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on their name right now, and that's actually quite shameful because they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They've got a whole bunch of fancy numbers with Dan and DraftKings winnings to the point that they probably have a pool out back that they swim in their winnings Scrooge <laughs> McDuck style. But you have, if you're going to do a fantasy football podcast, you need to have the angry elk. It's in the laws of podcasting, so disqualified. All right, I like this. So that basically leaves us, the reigning champions, the current and still world champions, the two and out CFL podcast. And that's what I spent my week off doing. <laughs> that's what you came up with in one week? Uh, yep. That's actually yeah, the a, most work was, you've ever done for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was a busy week. I had a championship game to call. <laughs> Nominate two and out for the CFL Podcast Awards at CFLT Awards and get us in there. Make us two-time champs. Uh, I, I can totally ruin your night. Oh, boy. Yes, he can. How? Because you're PBRing the game. Oh, you <laughs> And there's the voice that you all know and love getting under Travis's skin right as we join him on the conference call. The one and only Brazilian Thai Thai. Who are you waxing tonight? Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, yeah, thank you. What, why? Why are you waxing? Why are you waxing the Riders? I thought they did a, a great. I job know where in- he's going with this, so I'm happy. Okay, okay. I thought they did a great job in setting off Taylor Field. Lots of great memories. Hashtag mosaic moments. Why are they getting the wax job? They scored six points. <laughs> Fair enough. Calgary scored eight. Chris Jones, they were bad. <laughs> First angry elk of the episode. <laughs> oh, it could be a long You know what? I will give Chris Jones all the credit in the world for coming out and saying that the team was effing bad. I mean, it, it's brutal honesty like that, uh, why I do like him coaching in the fishbowl that is uh, that is Saskatchewan. But, you know, the other reason I think you should be waxing them is, uh, boys, answer, riddle me this. Who will be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders leading rusher at the end of the season? Well, it's not going to be Durant because uh, apparently he's not going to play. No, 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 no. But he's got a big enough lead on the rushing title that somebody needs a 300-yard game against BC, which probably isn't going to happen. So after 18 games, your rushing leader is a quarterback who's a touch on the old man side. <laughs> uh, yeah, a touch. <laughs> and he's just recovered from two season-ending surgeries. So there might be the reason to wax the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But that's okay. When our boy Chris Best comes back, all will be well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrell, um, a couple. We are recording this uh, during Game 7 of the World Series. Uh, Travis is PVRing it. I'm watching it. So is Tyrell. So we won't get into it. But what we will say is the Chicago Cubs have a drought of 108 years. Tyrell, what is your longest drought? <laughs> um, I don't know if I can count that high. Oh, wow. How wow. old are you, Tyrell? 28. So 28 no, times 28 12. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't it like 23 years or something like that? 
I'm not getting into this. <laughs> okay, greatest Nintendo 64 game, go. Ooh, Nintendo 64, Goldeneye. No mercy. Oh, I, I, I'm with Ty. I got to go with Goldeneye. Uh, yeah, I went to a lot of a hockey tournaments as a kid, and it was yeah, everybody piled in to a one hotel room. You played Goldeneye. He died, passed the control over, and nobody could be odd job. Uh, yeah, no odd jobs allowed. <laughs> we always played License to Kill with Prox Mines. Things got ridiculous. Um, who wins the Grey Cup, and what musical song describes their chances? Uh, Calgary. Yep. No, wrong. <laughs> what? Come on, no Donald Trumping here. Um, <laughs> as for a song, I don't even know. I know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Tina Turner, Simply the Best? When Donald Trump wins the U.S. election next week, are you willing to accept Americans as refugees into your home? No. What if they're, like, cool? What if, like, Bill Murray's like, hey, Ty, I'm moving to Canada. I need a place to crash. Do you mind? Well, it's not my house, so it's not my call. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. That is a real good point. Um, Ty, because you have a very youthful look to you, do you shave, cut your hair, and still go trick-or-treating? No, I uh, hit out at mom and dad. <laughs> so you didn't want to answer the... When I came home, Jackie had taken all the candy to her parents because we have the new baby. Mm. So we didn't want to have to deal with the, all the babies crying with the kids coming to the door and everything. So Jackie took all the candy. So when I got home, I turned off all the lights and hid out in the basement. And then when Tay came home, he turned on all the lights and he had no candy. So he had to give away a can of Coke. Yeah, I turned the I turned the lights off, watched Raw in the Dark, and ate the candy we bought to give away. Wait, 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 wait a minute. You you gave away a can of Coke? That's actually not a bad desperation move. I, I thought you once, said a bar of soap. I, I once got, like... like were you loop- trick-or-treating? <laughs> oh, no. I was... I, angry elk that out. a second I, angry I, elk. I, yeah, we're going to have to angry elk that one. Um... <laughs> Boys, I, I got you both beat. I once went trick-or-treating, and I showed up at some old man's house, and I said trick-or-treat, and he handed me he had a platter of, like, loose Ritz crackers and took a handful and put them in my little pumpkin. <laughs> so that Ty, you getting see the waxed. picture from Cleveland? Uh, oh, no, I did not see the picture from Cleveland. Somebody put Browns tickets in some kid's bag. Oh, that's just offensive. At that tie, we can't, spouting that kind of hate, we can't have you on the podcast anymore. Your five minutes are done. Yeah, we're done. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. Of course, brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. Check uh, out hold, their website. Hold on for two seconds, Trav. You know, What's I think I, I feel like we need like a, a, a Brazilian tie reference guide after that one. Um, Tay and Jackie are the people he he rents a house from. Oh, okay. Also, I remembered while talking to Brazilian Ty, especially once that disgusting man put Browns tickets in some kid's, you know, hol- holiday pumpkin, um, that it's the onside fantasy football podcast that's been disqualified for lack of angry elk. So we're through the corrections, and we're only like 15 <laughs> minutes into the pod. So oh, Okay, drinkbomb.com. Check them out. The bomb of the week. Ah, it's almost like a bunch of mediocre news uh, this weekend, which which is actually perfect for our podcast. But uh, uh, maybe I know, I the got, Eskimos. I got a great idea. I got a great idea because none of the news probably needs serious, hard hitting analysis. All right, you throw the news item to me, and I'll give you three word reactions. Okay, Eskimos mic'd up this Saturday against the Argos. 
About time. <laughs> Tori Harrison done for the year. Torn Achilles. Paris Cotton may be seeing some carries in the playoffs for Calgary. Ouch, that hurts. <laughs> wow, well done to Zach Caleros and Simone Lawrence for dressing up as uh, Mario and Luigi and visiting the Children's Hospital out in uh, Hamilton on Halloween. Coins for days. <laughs> Paul McCallum is back. He signs with the BC Lions at the age of 46. He's kind of (laughs) old. Brock Jensen is going to start at quarterback this week for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Danny O'Brien may also play as well. No Burris at all. Brock freaking rocks. Awesome. Uh, Emergency generators may actually be needed to power the last two Ticat games at Tim Hortons Field this year. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, I know we talk about stadium issues in Winnipeg, but... uh, Okay, this is the one I have to go past the three-word limit. Everybody, like, like, seriously, Taylor Field is 700 years old, rat-infested, smells like sweat and pee, and basically (laughs) WWE rings have more give than the field turf surface there trust me i've gone running around on it and you need generators to power your brand new stadium in hamilton yeah they do like come on like like that's that's unbelievable i know and winnipeg's been through a ton of ish and you know everybody slams on all these other stadiums but you know what this is this is a staple of mine on twitter they got to get better get better Hamilton, what are you doing there? Like, yeah. like, install some new power lines. It was announced that uh, they won't be seeing the Grey Cup until uh, 2019 at the very earliest, and that goes in line with my prediction. I predicted that it'll be Edmonton, Hamilton, and then Regina. That totally makes sense. Uh, they're just not ready, uh, I guess, uh, like a lot of Westerners would say about our Prime Minister uh, from last year. <laughs> or oh, I'm, I back, I'm, back, I'm back to the three words now. <laughs> okay, you're back to the three words. No Grey Cup in Hamilton till 2019. Nice hair, though. <laughs> Cleon Lang signs a contract with the Ottawa Red Blacks, hopes to play this weekend. He got paid (laughs) yeah he did did you see the contract details he's making twenty four thousand dollars to play in this friday's game plus his playoff money so he could end up with (laughs) if if ottawa goes all the way to the gray cup and wins it he could potentially win it be up to 50 to 60 grand from playing three football games oh man why can't i get paid half that to do this podcast because oh 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 I got I back to the three words nobody likes us <laughs> is that technically oh that's three words you're right uh, okay <laughs> and uh, the award winners from each team has been announced uh, any surprises here John for you no I think no I'm with you know what the one <laughs> I, uh, to be completely frank, I haven't read through all of them uh, today. little busy, of course. Uh, Saskatoon Hilltop's playing in a national championship next week, and I've been doing a bunch of uh, running around in regards to that. But uh, the one I did see, obviously, was was in Saskatchewan. Uh, that being Naaman Roosevelt, and I don't know if that surprises me or if that just wraps up you know, how bad the rider season has been, that a guy that's missed significant... Who else would you go with? I don't think you can go with anybody else. See, that's why I'm saying it's not it, like 
it was a surprise at first, and then you're right. I asked myself that very same question. I'm like, who do they go with? I think that's just, you know, that summarizes the Riders' season better than just about anything is the fact that that a guy who's missed basically half the year and still had a hell of a year missing half the year, yeah. you know, is their nominee for most outstanding player. That being said, I think every team in the West Division could have nominated their mascot for most outstanding player because that's Bo Levi's award to win. I didn't put much thought into it at all. Nobody for most outstanding is coming out of the West Division. I, uh, for rookie... Uh, I, I thought maybe Caleb Hawley should have been uh, nominated for the Riders. You know what, though? He was a guy that came in like like late. He hasn't played a ton, not a full season. I, I'm I'm not opposed with them going with uh, with Cox. I mean, all things considered, uh, you know, he leads the team in interceptions. He's having himself a pretty, uh, pretty good season. Again, nothing spectacular or anything like that, but he's been solid. He's played a lot, started a pile of games. So I think that's uh, I, I think he's a good pick in Saskatchewan. Uh, I think there's going to be a pretty good race here for most outstanding defensive player. Uh, yeah, I would I, agree. Personally, I think it's Elamimian, but uh, Charleston Hughes has had an incredible year. Uh, also, uh, Bear Woods has had a, a crazy year as well. But I think the craziest race of all, all of the awards Probably most outstanding rookie. There's been a crazy yeah. rookie rookie class this year. Taylor Loeffler, Devaris Daniels, uh, and, and there are other guys as well. Brandon Revenberg, uh, offensive lineman for Hamilton, and uh, Jason Lazon Sagan for uh, wait, 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 say, wait, say that <laughs> I'm not again. Say that again. I, I think it's Jason. We'll just cut. We're on a first name basis with him. We're just going to call him Jason <laughs> hey, from the Ottawa Red Blacks. You know what? We're on a first name basis with a lot of O linemen, and I want to get to that story in just a second, uh, right after we wrap up this nonsense. Um, to me, I think the pick has to be Taylor Loeffler. I mean, he gets he would get my vote if I was a member of the, a voting member of the Football Reporters of Canada, only because. I think I think a guy gets a little extra credit, and I always lean towards guys that come out of uh, CIS and now, now as it's known, uh, U Sport. I think if a Canadian comes in, makes an impact. I mean, you got to think to be Canadian in a traditional yeah. non-Canadian spot, you're much more valuable to your club than an American player in the same spot. So if you can come up and outplay an American in a spot that was traditionally American. You know, I, I think your value is that much more, and I think that's why he should be getting serious consideration for Rookie of the Year. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a, a lot of the Winnipeg defense kind of improved once he got moved to safety. And also Travis Bond gets their most outstanding lineman. The whole team improved when once he started playing uh, in, in Winnipeg. I who would also... have thought you had a giant man yeah. <laughs> who can block other giant men? Might want to play him. Uh, I am kind of surprised that Calgary uh, chose Daniels uh, unanimously. Uh, Alex Singleton didn't get one vote for Rookie of the Year. That one was a bit surprising, but Calgary is so damn stacked. Yeah, they are. You can't you can't argue with it. Like you could probably argue with any one of their selections, except for Bo Levi for most outstanding. I mean, I mean, hell, you probably could have made a case for, as you mentioned, Charleston Hughes. You could have made a case for Jerome Messam, but. Bo Levi, this has been his year. I mean, he is far and away the best quarterback there. I think Drew Tate is an above-average CFL quarterback, and he looked human compared to Bo Levi in that final game against the Alouettes. 
All right, let's talk about the games from last week. No, 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 no. First, you got some story what, time what, to tell. What? No, no, no. We'll tell that during the games. Okay, okay. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. You know I like stories, man. Of course I know I like you stories. do. I know you love telling a good story, <laughs> which is... Which is why I just I'm so excited because you actually told me this story and I saw it in the pictures um, of you at the last game ever at Taylor Field. And we'll talk really- about we'll, we'll talk about that game last because there's I have a lot going through my head uh, surrounding that game more than just you know the actual game. Oh, uh, for sure. I'm, I'm not even a Ryder fan, and I mean I've got all sorts of mosaic moments as we've kind of discussed here on this podcast a bit. Yeah, uh, Friday Night Football, Hamilton and Edmonton. Wow, is it three weeks in a row or three times this season that the CFL has come out and announced that they've had a officiating blunder during a Hamilton game? Um, it seems to be the case. It's also about the eighth week in a row that they have that stupid splash ad all over their stupid website every time I go to it. We get it. Tickets are now just $89. (laughs) I live in Saskatchewan and I don't make a lot of money. I'm not going. (laughs) For this game. Now, at the end of the game, I don't know if you saw it. It was clearly... I think the ref kind of had a brain fart because he did say it was an illegal kickoff, but he also said that Edmonton would get the ball where it went out, which is the proper call on a uh, on, on a, a kickoff. Yeah, but not it, on a kickoff. No, it's proper on a kickoff. If if Bowman bumps it out of bounds to keep possession, right, that is yes. Edmonton ball where it went went out. So the ref. He said it was a penalty when it wasn't, but the result would have been the same. And then Hamilton and Reinbold lost their collective minds and only made it worse for them uh, at the end of the day. But it's because the ref said, I I just watched this game the other day that Edmonton would get the ball where it went out. And that was the correct call because Adarius Bowman knocked it out of bounds and that was fine. But uh, Jeff Reinbold, man, I never knew a person could. Turn that red. His eyes were going to come out of his head. I'm surprised he didn't just explode. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen it. He looks like the kind of dude who's like freakishly fit who could bench press an elephant. Well, follow him on Twitter. Every tweet is in all caps. Like, he has as much energy as the ultimate warrior. Like, <laughs> I, I picture him running into Tim Horton's field, just like, ah, shaking the goalposts <laughs> and like. Downing double doubles and Timbits nonstop. Ah! Why? Why is it the special teams coacher always the most fired up guy in the sideline? They are. <laughs> like, no, that's that's a universal thing. My friend, former bomber Brian Giebert, he's the special teams coordinator here with the University of Saskatchewan. Giebs is the most fired up man on the sidelines you'll ever see. I love. Well, you it. have I, to be crazy to play special teams, man. I guess. I guess you have to be uh, <laughs> crazy to coach it. Yeah, you're running full speed down the field at guys that are running full speed at you. Uh, the, the, my, like the, a, be, the best line was, is I was working sidelines for the Husky game last week. Another reason why I wasn't on the podcast and all. And and the Huskies were blowing out the Alberta Golden Bears. They were up by 20 or 30 points, something like that. And all I hear is Gebert, who wants to go hit somebody? Who wants to go hit somebody? <laughs> That's uh, that's awesome. That, that is special teams coaches to a T. Gabe's, I hope you're listening, man. We'll have you on one day uh, very soon to defend yourself. 
Uh, C.J. Gable uh, gets 15 touches in this game, nine receptions. I feel like it would do the Tiger Cats well if they get him involved more uh, as the playoffs get underway. He's only had he only had six carries in the game, but he's been playing some good football. When they get him involved, he might be a big factor uh, in the East semifinal. Whoever it's going to be, whether it's uh, Winnipeg or. Edmonton uh, heading over there uh, to play Hamilton in the East Semi. As for Edmonton, man, uh, they want to go through the West, I think. It's unlikely. I don't know if they do. Like, if I'm Edmonton, I seriously think about, you know, if Winnipeg loses their last game if I'm Edmonton I seriously think about that uh, you know Mike Riley getting food poisoning and a Darius Bowman and maybe a couple of the offensive linemen uh yeah they all went out for supper last night got food poisoning they can't really play today like I I don't know I'd rather you got to think you give me Edmonton against like I think Edmonton against BC or Winnipeg is a coin flip and I don't know how they I don't think they can match up very well with the Calgary Stampeders. I think Edmonton matches up real well with Hamilton. I know this game was close, but I think in a playoff game with that experience that, that Edmonton still has left over, I like them against both those teams out east, and I like them to be able to have a chance at the first West. But I think any Western team is going to have a shot. If, if it's Winnipeg that crosses over or it's Edmonton, I think there's going to be a legitimate shot that that crossover team is going to end up in the Grey Cup game. I don't I'd like make- the teams out east this year. I'd make the bet that whoever goes to play Hamilton's going to lose. Oh, what's the wager? Uh, what 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 can we wager here? We both, uh, I mean, we got no horses in the race. <laughs> we got no horses in the race. Uh, we're both quite far away. I'm not uh, wagering money or body hair. You know what? This is. We'll discuss this off air, and maybe we'll have an answer next week. Okay, yes, because I I think uh, Hamilton wins that uh, East semifinal, but uh, the Eskimos squeak away. They win by a field goal in uh, this one. Now we move to a doubleheader uh, on uh, Saturday, or at least one half of it anyway. This one kind of surprised me. I thought Winnipeg was going to come out and uh, want that home playoff game. Obviously, they had the tiebreaker. There's something about Winnipeg and Investors Group Field. They just suck. Yeah, they, they've sucked ever since they moved into there. I, I don't know why. Uh, Ottawa dominated them, really. 23-10 uh, to 10 was the final score, but uh, Winnipeg got a touchdown in the last minute to kind of make it look well, respectable and, and that's here. that's it. And, and it's just, to me, I don't know if it was... To me, it just really looked like an off day for Matt Nichols. I watched a good chunk of this, this game uh, as, of course, my Saturday was my last day off before uh, calling that uh, Hilltops winning their... Uh, their third straight Prairie Football Conference championship. And I can tell you, you know, in watching this, Matt Nichols was just, he was making decisions that guys in in the Canadian Junior Football League don't make. He was forcing throws. He was staring down receivers all the way down the field. And Ottawa made him pay. He just looked way, way, way off. And if I'm a Bomber fan, I'm concerned right now. He still goes 35 of 46, but he did have the three interceptions in this game. That makes five picks in the last two games 
for Matt Nichols, which is uh, a lot different than what we've seen. Uh, Darvin Adams returned in the game, nine catches uh, for 87 yards. But uh, Ottawa, oh, man, they, they ran the ball at will. Uh, Moses Madu at 125 yards. Ernest Jackson, Ottawa's uh, MOP candidate, six catches for 99 yards. And uh, even though they didn't have a real field goal kicker, Ray Early uh, goes two for two. Uh, and, uh, yeah. That, and you know what? That's and that's the thing I didn't like about Winnipeg's game is here you have a team that is without a kicker. And, you know, in a close game, they're not going to want, want Ray Early to do much of anything. He ended up getting a couple reps because, I mean, it was essentially meaningless. But how if Henry Burris can lead this Ottawa team back to the promised land after being benched for half the yeah. season, I mean, I'm just going to I'm just going to laugh. I mean, that's just. That's just unbelievable. That would be, to me, more in Burris' legacy. Um, of course, to me, you mentioned surprises. I think Winnipeg coming out you know, flat was a surprise. But I was even surprised, even with you know, the Calgary Stampeders resting some guys, that they got thumped by the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, that, that being said, uh, one more note on Winnipeg. This yep. week, DraftKings is... It's going to be a crapshoot. You really don't know what's going to happen. There are really two teams that are going to... Because Ottawa, they've already said they're going to be sitting most of their starters. Yep. So I really like playing uh, Bombers. Uh, well, in, well, and that's that it. They have, the, they have the earliest game this week. They have something to play for. They need to win to have a chance. They need a win and a BC loss to host a playoff game. Um, they're probably, you're right, they're probably the most sure thing to see names like Nichols and, and Harris and Adams. I mean, at the very least, they're going to want, want to get Darvin Adams into a little more game action before the postseason as well. Yes, so on that same note, I like BC Lions in uh, yeah. DraftKings uh, this week too because they're going to want to counter that uh, with a win. But you're right, Calgary. I listened to half of the game on satellite radio driving back from Regina, and I watched the second half, and Vernon Adams actually looked okay. He goes 11 of 14, 106 yards. But Rakeem Cato, he always seems to do special things off the bench. He, he comes in, and he makes that beautiful touchdown throw to Tyquan Underwood. Like, that was a beautiful 37-yard pass. And he also had himself a uh, what a seventy-three yard run. So uh, uh, Drew Tate or not, he's a he, he's a good quarterback. But at the same time, he hasn't started a game in what two seasons, basically. No, basically. I mean, Drew Tate came out, and I mean, if you're Drew Tate, if you're constantly okay with just being Calgary's backup, you know, this performance doesn't really matter. But if there's any speck of him that wants to be a starter you know maybe with the Alouettes next year you know because that like you said Rakeem Cato does some good things and Vernon Adams Jr. does some good things but I'm just I'm not sold on either one of them heading into next season um I think Drew Tate might be the kind of guy that you know might might be auditioning for a job depending on his contract status also I like to see even though he only had one pass attempt I like to see former Calgary Dino Andrew Buckley getting in on the fun yeah, and he he's got what six rushing touchdowns on the season, so uh, he's had a he's had a good one there uh, as well. Uh, most rushing touchdowns by a Canadian quarterback since Russ Jackson. Whoa, angry elk again, my friend. Russ Jackson deserves an angry elk in between his name. He, he totally does, uh, but I think. This might be the downfall of the Stampeders. They haven't had a Western opponent since September 24th. And these games, they 
their offense has not been clicking, even when Bo was in, because how do you get inspired for when you're already clinched first place and now Bo had last week off, he'll have this week off, he'll have next week off as well. Uh, that West Final, it could be minus 10 in Calgary, and when you haven't played for three weeks, ugh. I know, it's it's... You're bang on with that, and that seems to be the Calgary Stampeders' problem almost every single year. They're so good during the regular season, and then they they play a lull for the last five, six, seven games sometimes, and next thing you know, they're kind of caught flat-footed when it comes to amp it up again. And I think this is a little bit different than Edmonton last year because Edmonton had to fight uh, to stay in first place. Calgary yes, had exactly. that clinch in September. <laughs> oh, and that's it. Cal- you know, Edmonton, they fought and earned that bye week and wanted that bye week off. Meanwhile, like you said, Calgary had locked it up such a long time ago that that game was essentially meaningless. Uh, still a little surprised to see them put one in the loss column. And, of course, a game you were at, and you can regale us with many, many tales on the field, as Chris Jones says, effing terrible i'll do the on-field recap and i'll let you take it away what it was like to be part of this game uh jonathan jennings two touchdowns 241 yards passing darian durant only 163 yards jake waters also getting into this game uh 60 completion percentage 40 yards sounds like waters and durant are both not going to play this weekend gj kinney a real tough name to say if you say it quickly <laughs> uh, good to see some significant time for uh the saskatchewan rough riders fun fact he was a former practice roster safety of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Riders' run game, it sucks. Uh, Greg Morris, 36 yards. Um, the Lions' rushing game, it doesn't suck. Jeremiah Johnson, 101. And a touchdown, Manny Arsenault, Caleb Hawley, your leading receivers. But, of course, as far as on the field is concerned, I don't know if anybody cared. I don't Well, People were st- – I mean, you wanted to see a good performance. You didn't. I, but- I guess that's why – what, what did you think about the coaching in this game? Because I thought it was a load of crap, to be honest. I, the fans going there, uh, w- there was a quote saying that the team was going to treat this as a playoff game. And then Jake Waters comes in in the first quarter. And like, I, I guess I just felt kind of sick to my stomach. I, I expected BC to win. But I didn't expect them to do what they did. I mean, if if you're going to let Jake Waters play, give him an, an entire quarter instead of rotating series with Durant. That, that's going to screw both quarterback rhythms, uh, quarterbacks' and, and, rhythm and, and, up. And you could tell it clearly did. But and here's here's my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory: Were they trying to protect the Durant because he was such a big part of the post game ceremony a little bit? And was, and, and, and was Durant's mind, because Durant would have known the whole week what his role in that postgame ceremony would have been. Is that in a guy's, is that in the back of a guy's head that, you know, and I'm not saying Durant's not mentally tough. I'm not saying this, but if you're Darian Durant, you come into a game where all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, you know, I really want to win, but now I'm rotating with Jake Waters and you're on the sidelines and you're thinking, oh yeah, hey, I guess this is my last game here. And oh yeah, I got to do that thing with, with Ray Elgard and. Yeah, I guess, you know, like a guy's mind can wander, especially in a meaningless game on a fairly chilly day in Regina. I just, I'm with you. I think that that should have been Durant's game. And you know what? If you wanted to get a good look at Jake Waters, you scratch Durant and treat this last game against BC like a preseason game. You you scratch Durant, let Jake Waters, G.J. Kinney, and your other quarterbacks all get in some action against BC this week. I thought they should have done a better job of sending out t- Taylor Field. They didn't, but 
Well, hey. and I guess in this thing here, if you want to protect Durant, then make some adjustments on offense because it, my brother and I were going to bet. Okay, who's going to who's going to blitz this second along? Uh, Big Hill or yeah. Elamimian? And uh, oh, oh, it's Big Hill. Oh yeah, look, there's a Big Hill with a free shot yeah. and uh, the quarterback. And the one time that they picked up the blitz, I think it was Nip, Nick Dembski did. Uh, Durant hits bag in the numbers and he drops the. Drops the pass, but Wally was bringing the heat. He's like, if you guys want to mess around and experiment with the roster, well, <laughs> we got some linebackers that are going to have no remorse well, on you. Well, the thing you. is, too, is, is that's a very, you know, our, you know, a couple guys have been missing along that offensive line all year, and it's painfully clear. Well, the uh, line Brent, was but, almost a, a strength of the team in their four-game winning streak, and then they traded uh, – Xavier Fulton, Fulton to Hamilton, and then yeah. it all changed. Oh, 100% it did, and I that that still was a strange trade to me. I think that was a guy that would have stayed in Regina, still had a lot, had some good years left, but, you know, I digress. I guess when you're in rebuild mood, mode, that's what you do. Of course, also missing Brendan Labatt, and friend of the show, Chris Best, who, according to, to Twitter, you were uh, out taking photos of, of Mosaic. First off, <laughs> let, let's start before the game. Um, you actually you have a Chris Best jersey, which I've always respected the heck out of. You had a chance well, to I, meet Chris Best. Face, and, of course, Chris has been on this podcast. But you had a chance to meet him face-to-face and say hello. Well, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I got to get in on these new Adidas jerseys. So I got myself a Durant. And uh, I, I, I already have a Labatt. I, yep. I'm partial to the offensive lineman. So I'm like, ah, oh, let's go get a. You are a big dude. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I look weird wearing a Chris Getzlaff jersey. Uh, so I, I've retired that jersey. <laughs> it's uh, true. I, I look weird wearing a Ricky Collins jersey or something. So I, I just put that away. <laughs> uh, but uh, he ends up sending me a tweet when I got the jersey and he's like hey let me know when you're coming to a game and i'll uh i'll, I'll sign that for you i'm like only awesome. in the cfl you know yep yep like where, where where else could that happen and uh at the beginning of the year i circled the last game at taylor field that is the one i'm going to uh this year and because i'm going to wrestlemania i went to new york city i did all this crazy stuff this year and it's a long drive yeah <laughs> oh for Regina. sure so we went to the last game, and I ended up sending. I've all, I saw the Riders play in Calgary and Edmonton, but I, I sent him a message and said, "Hey, uh, I'd like to take you up on your offer of signing my jersey." And he said, "Yeah, sure. Uh, when are you getting to the stadium?" And uh, he, I let him know, oh, "I'll be there pretty early. I want to walk around, hit up the Riders store, and uh, take in Taylor Field uh, one more time." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll be there around four o'clock. I'll sign your jersey." So I get to the stadium around, I guess two thirty. Uh, go through the lineup, uh, go through the rider store, buy myself a farewell season mug, a pin, uh, some new texting gloves. I always got to go to the rider store when I go to Regina. Of course, it's mandatory. And then I started hanging out out front in the practice field, had a beer, ran into uh, Jacqueline. Uh, she's from Ottawa. She flew in from the game. Janice from Saskatoon, the Piffles podcast. Boys, I ran into a bunch of people. And then I look over, and there's Don Narcisse. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's, you know what, he is one guy, I've had the opportunity to run into him at a couple of events. I love talking to Don Narcisse. You and know, I'm like, he, this is, he, he was my gen- favorite he player as a cares. kid. Like, he's a cool guy. He he is, and he was actually talking to Paul McCallum. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, Paul ended up taking off, and I'm like, oh, do, I, do I bug him for a picture? And I'm like, eh, 
yeah, yeah, let's go bug him. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll take a picture with you. So I grab a photo with him, and I get the message from Chris Best that he's getting to the stadium. So I walk over to the will call window, and then all I see is Chris Best's head above the crowd. <laughs> he's actually grown himself a hell of a beard, so uh, props to him for that. And uh, he walks up, and uh, I'm like, well... Sir, uh, do I take my jersey off for you to sign it, or do you just sign it? <laughs> but he's like, ah, just leave it on. So I turn around, he signs it on my back. He says he had a great time on the podcast uh, when he was on uh, for episode 50 and uh, got a photo with him. He was such a cool guy and uh, to meet him in person. I hope he can get back on the field for the Riders uh, next year. He's He was always a great lineman, and it was really cool that – you know, I could just message him on Twitter, hey, can I get that jersey signed today? And that was really cool for him to follow through on that. And that's an only in the CFL moment, and I'm sure uh, I can't wait till he gets into a pierogi eat-off uh, with you. Uh, <laughs> so what was what was it like? I watched it. I PVR'd it. I, I took it, and I thought the history lesson about Taylor Field was really cool. I really I enjoyed watching kind of everything about it. Again, just as a fan of the CFL and the history of the game, I just I enjoyed watching it. What was it like to be there, Travis? Was everybody crying like a bit of a, like was it was everybody just in tears by the end of that? It was funny because I was kind of sad walking in, and I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna miss doing these uh, you know 500 ramps to get up to the top of the west side, <laughs> <laughs> or sca- or scaling the outside of the press box because it cuts about 20 <laughs> minutes off your journey. Trust me, I've done it. There's a way to jump up and climb into the press box. <laughs> And then and then I went uh, to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, yeah, this place, <laughs> it's got to go. There's, there's constantly running water for you to wash your hands and it's cold and there's no soap. And it's like, well, what are we doing? Like, well, why are we still? I listened to an interview on the way in on the Green Zone, uh, a game day with Ray. And yeah. uh, they had uh, George Reed on and George said, you know what? I thought this place should have been demolished when I played. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we sit in our benches and uh, the rows, you know, the 35 seats long. So if you're at seat 16, oh, my God. And <laughs> so these poor BC fans, they had to leave four or five times during the game. And oh. to get by people in that stadium, it is not easy. It's worse than getting by people at a movie theater. Yes. Uh, So part of it, I'm like, you know what? It's time. (laughs) And and when it was clear the Riders or Chris Jones didn't care about winning, you know, you start thinking about the moments uh, I've had in in that stadium. And there are three games that really pop into mind. Uh, Maybe four. Uh, The 2013 Grey Cup, obviously. Uh, the 2010 home opener, but the 2007 Labor Day Classic and all all the memories I've had in that uh, stadium with friends and family. It was just so cool to have my dad, my brother, my wife there uh, with me. And that history lesson, you're, you're right, at the end was so, so cool. And the fans brought it that day. Uh, they wanted to win the game and they disrupted the Lions offense a bit in the first half and uh, forced some uh, penalties on uh, Jennings and the boys, but uh, to be in that stadium one more time, it was so cool to be a part of that closing ceremony, which I thought was so well done. It wasn't too long. It wasn't. It was just perfect. I thought. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. Uh, watching from afar. No, that's 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 really cool. I'm gl- glad you got to make the last pilgrimage again. For me, uh, we've already talked about our mosaic memories, but you know, for me as a broadcaster. Um, 
I never got I never got the chance to play there. I've been to I've been to a ton of Labor Day games. I've been to a ton of games there. I always enjoy yeah. you know the old charm of going there as a fan. But you know, I remember I had an opportunity when calling the last Hilltops game there on October first. You know, you're walking out of the press box and it's almost surreal because often I'm the last guy out. There's me and my color guy, Chris Hengenbraun, and Chris and I are literally walking out and I'm just taking pictures because I'm like, this is the last time I'll be here. Yeah. And it's almost eerie that, you know, by that time at night, the fans are gone, the parents are gone, the players are off the field. You know, I I went down on the turf one last time and just kind of took it in. And, uh, yeah, that was it was really cool. It was a really cool send off. So, well, you know, for you, I'm sure that was, you know, a great weekend. Like I say, I saw the pictures with with you and your wife and and your dad and your brother. It was cool. You guys could all be there, you know, where you kind of grew up watching football. And uh, it's so funny because, like, when you walk in, you're kind of sad. You're like and then you you remember all the times you've had in that stadium. And then you go to the bathroom, uh, you go to your seats. My boss actually got a. food poisoning from one of the sausages on the east side. No, he did not, did he? He did. He did. He actually puked on Albert Street. Uh, and people thought he was a drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> so he gets on the... They drove to Medicine Hat that night, and he pukes by the time they get to uh, Moose Jaw. And <laughs> oh, poor he Jeff. Actually, yeah, he spent uh, the closing ceremony on the toilet at Taylor Field. Oh, no. <laughs> So you go all uh, that like, way and you get food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Yeah, it was time uh, for old it, Taylor Field. Uh, <laughs> and I can tell you, as a guy that's been to New Mosaic, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I do have to give a shout out to Adam Big Hill too because uh, walking down the ramps, I took my time and looked around, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the last time doing these damn ramps." And uh, <laughs> I, I see uh, G. Roy Simon because. That's that has to be the only stadium where the the away players have to use the same entrances the fans do. Yeah, I know. To get to it's, their it's bus, weird that way. <laughs> like I've seen battles between fans and uh, away teams chirping each other. Like uh, the Alouettes, uh, there was a battle there. <laughs> I've seen before. <laughs> but uh, G. Roy Simon standing down there, and he's signing autographs and I go to get in line I'm like oh yeah I want to go meet G-Roy and then Adam Big Hill walks out and I'm like what and he's got massive ice pack on his arm and I went to go talk to Adam Big Hill and he's I bought one of those footballs uh, commemorating the final game and he signed it and he took a picture with me so it was cool of Adam Big Hill to pay attention to some goofy rider fan with a big beard that's cool really cool man all right, let's talk about the picks for this crapshoot of a week. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. All right, Winnipeg has an outside shot of having a home playoff game. Uh, Ottawa is clinched first place, so they're resting everyone at who are you going with? I still think Winnipeg's going to find a way to lose because that is so Winnipeg. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, if Ottawa's resting everybody, Winnipeg should win this one. They still have something to play for. They're going to play their starters. They want to be at home at Investors Group Field. I am going to go with the Bombers. Down, the sun goes down, never out of that summer. Up, up, down, 
Jet Set Satellite from Winnipeg. And then we go uh, the Tiger Cats and the Alouettes. I honestly think this one is kind of a crapshoot as well. <laughs> uh, you know, flip a coin. That Alouette defense has been on fire, and uh, I'm sure they'll continue to be on fire this week against Hamilton, who already knows where they're finishing in the playoffs as well. So who do you got? I also have uh, Montreal because I think I, I think a lot of guys on the Alouettes, you know, they have nothing to play for except for their job. So I expect, uh, you know, Montreal to bring it. I expect Hamilton to potentially rest some guys. Uh, I'm also going with the Alouettes. I'm rolling with Hamilton just so I can play the Arkells. Maybe they'll use the old home field advantage and have no power to the Owls locker room or something like that. (laughs) Because all the coffee machines have (laughs) taken out all the power. Uh, there's actually a triple header on a Saturday. The Eskies home to the Argos. Now, if Winnipeg wins, then Edmonton, they have nothing to play for in this game. Well, I, I, it depends. Do they want to play in the West or the East? It's basically uh, up to them, I guess. But that 50-50 starting at fifty grand, they will be mic'd up, which it feels like the Eskimos have a completely different tone this week with being mic'd up now they're saying oh now our fans in the stands have no reason to come so any excuse they can to not get mic'd up that's brutal i don't think mike riley's gonna play anyway it'll no, probably I mean, be james on. franklin everybody else has done it you agree to it at the beginning of the season you probably bitch at the beginning of the season but suck it up princess you're not giving anything away <laughs> who's gonna win it's going to be Toronto because the Edmonton Eskimos are being a bunch of crybabies about this. Do I win the 50-50? If you do, does that mean we both go to Grey Cup? Yes! Done. All right. Yes, you win the 50-50. All right. This one is for Oz Davis. Martha and the Muffins from oh, Toronto. No. You would be horrified at the dance moves I was doing just now. I'm not speaking. Uh, I <laughs> I think Edmonton's backups are better than Toronto's backups, so I'm rolling with Edmonton and this one. Now, I got this from the Eskimo Empire podcast who had uh, Dave Jameson on this week. Great listen. You have to check it out. But the rap remix of the fight song, I'm going Eskimos. Tell me that wasn't awesome. <laughs> it wasn't awesome. <laughs> I 
think they should bring that back full. I'd love to see, you know, every third quarter stretch, they have old Brian Hall doing the fight song. I want to see Halsey do that version. Yeah, that would be a thing. (laughs) Riders and uh, uh, Lions here. The Lions want to host the West semifinal. The Riders want to survive or... I, I don't even know what they want to do, really. Uh, who are you going with? The Riders' best chance to win a football game is when Darian Durant is in the football game. Darian Durant is not going to be in the football game. They can't run the ball. I think this is going to be BC and a laughing stock. So if I win the 50-50, I am paying sole decision to reunite at a Lions game next season and we're going. Done. Done. <laughs> Never mind Grey Cup. I I'd much rather I'd much rather see that. <laughs> oh, thanks for joining me. Oh, the playoffs are on next week, so that's where that's when I get really excited, man. I, I, I know. You kinda you, you get like super excited and you kinda streak and you do other things, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I feel pain, like the West semifinal, where I literally, my throws <laughs> up into my stomach. <laughs> no, they didn't. Does that actually happen? Yes. And then my feet, I, I lived in Saskatoon at the time. My feet were not, maybe by the time we got to Dundurn, I could feel my toes. Unbelievable. Which, which is about a half, not even a half an hour outside of Saskatoon, but uh, <laughs> layers, man, layers. <laughs> oh, I had the hand warmers, but they broke. It was so cold they didn't warm up. Uh, I do want to mention, I I do look bizarre right now because I shaved my beard. Yeah, you look freaky. <laughs> It's kind of like when Kane took off his mask for the first time and you saw the baldness and you're like, Moo. <laughs> I am doing it for a good cause, men's health and uh, Movember. So if you do want to uh, give me a couple bucks, you know, a toonie, uh, so, uh, you know, it can go towards men's health. Uh, it's, it's on the it's, website. It's, instead, of, instead of a double-double, donate to Travis's Movember e- effort so his hair grows back quicker and he doesn't give me the jibbles. <laughs> mobro.co slash Travis Curra or just uh, find the links on Twitter at 2 and out CFL. John, uh, you'll be in next week? Yes, because next week is before I leave for Victoria in the Canadian Bowl. So yes, I'm all yours, big guy. Alright, that's what I like to hear. I'll talk to you next week and all of everyone else next week as well. Like that, on that was a really face. weird extra, but uh, that sucked. <laughs> that, that did. That was terrible. I'm going to call you. You know what? Just go back to my three word rule. <laughs> See y'all later. Like on Facebook. Did follow you? on Twitter. Do it on CFL. I'll talk to you next week. All right. <laughs>